How can I ever forget what they have done for me in my life? So let's join in worship today as we continue the service. Your feet are 
glory for it all. Let's all sing it out, everybody. To God be the glory for it all. Lord, I bring to you the honor due, and at your feet I fall. I am powerless without your spirit lost, without your call. So to God be the glory for it all. To God be the glory Lord, at times when we fully do not comprehend the reason for you doing things, but in the end and from hindsight, we can see that you never err in judgment. You have always done that which is right. To you be the glory for it all. We praise, we honor you today, and we thank you, Lord, for this assembly that you have given to us, for the word of God that you have never failed to share with us, Father. And we commit today this service and we commit our future into your hands. Lord, knowing with all confidence in our hearts that you never fail, oh God, but your will will be accomplished. We pray that you bless the service today. In Jesus' wonderful name we ask it. Amen and amen. Let's be seated. The song that we were singing uh, is taken from Isaiah the sixth chapter where Isaiah had a vision. These men of God, they were remarkable men. And I'll be speaking to you for 15 minutes and then I'll turn over the rest of the service to Brother Sam. But um, Isaiah here, he had an experience. And though this man was sent by God to the people, 
a prophet or a preacher or an apostle or whoever is called to preach the gospel or to take a message, as much as the people must be saved, the prophet himself must go through a process of purging and cleansing. As he preaches a perfect gospel, the gospel must reach on into his life and bring changes in his life. They, it is very important that God's people recognize that we are here in church or whether we were home listening to the messages. We are here to make changes in our lives. And um, uh, we, the word of God moves on as time moves on. Uh, we call it present truth. I look at a library we've got at the back there with tapes uh, over maybe 200 tapes. A cassette tape sitting in the back. And I thought about it and I said, why am I keeping all of this tape? I need to just get rid of them because the message is fresh. And though I might want to resort to something in the past, I don't think I need anything in the past from my messages uh, to move us on ahead. COVID-19 has been a real uh, blessing to me when I say blessing that in the midst of this trying time that God has worked changes in my own life and um, I'm not the person I used to be when all of this got started really really not the person I used to be I've noticed that over the past year God has modified my spirit and the, the self-righteous egotistic Christian attitude that I've held for years that we're the body of Christ and everybody else is corrupted out there has changed drastically in that I examine myself more, more uh, closely than I examine everybody out there in the world. And I pray every day that God will work in my life and change my life in the process that when I'm, it's all over, I would not be saving an, a lot of individuals and leading a lot of men to Christ and I myself be a castaway. Uh, here I say is having a vision, very remarkable vision, and it says in the year that King Uzziah died, I also I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. Now I believe that Isaiah is having a vision of the future. He's having a vision of when the kingdom of God is established. I'm assuming this is what is happening. And I'll tell you why later on. Sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train or his skirts, the margin says, filled the temple. Of course, he was there and he was sitting on a throne and apparently there was a temple right there and his presence filled the temple. And then above it, above the, the throne, stood the seraphims. And uh, this is a category of seemingly angelic beings. There were seraphims. Uh, each one had six wings. And with twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. What a sight. He's seeing uh, these seraphims. Uh, each one, uh, this, they were seraphims and each one had six wings. And with two of the wings, uh, he covered his face. And with two of the wings, he covered his feet. Each one of this, these seraphims. And with two, he did fly. Isn't that right? Uh, he says with two, uh, with two wings, uh, each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face. With twain, he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. So seraphims, uh, there seem to be more than one category of angelic beings. Some are called seraphims and some are called cherubims. I'm not sure if there are other categories. But I'm telling you about two recorded categories. Some are seraphims and some are cherubims. An angel, there are angels that have the ability to change their shape and their form. That an angel might come to your house and knock on your door and ask you for a, a piece of bread or a sandwich and you reject them 
And by doing that, you have returned away angels that would come to you unawares. That's what the scripture says. Uh, when you go down the street, you might see someone that look like a beggar, but it's an angel. Uh, you've got to be sensitive to be good to all men. Uh, that is the basic principle. Like that, you're covering it all. But here's a spectacular vision that Isaiah is having. And he's seeing these seraphims above the throne of God. And uh, one cried unto the other. This is where our song came from today. And one of the seraphims uh, cried to the other seraphim and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. When we read the Lord of hosts, I'm not thinking it is the Father. I'm thinking it is the Son. He is described as the Lord of hosts. He's also described as the angel or messenger of the Lord. I was telling Chandra yesterday that uh, we heard something and somebody says, Jesus Christ. And I said, a lot of people are of the opinion that Jesus' last name is Christ, Jesus Christ. But really, the translation should read Jesus the Christ or Jesus the Anointed One. The Christ is not his last name. Uh, he, he is described as the Anointed One. To me, in my own simple opinion, when someone says, oh, Jesus Christ, to me, like, that's disgusting. Uh, uh, to me, when someone says, oh, Jesus Christ, it's disgusting to me. Uh, Jesus Christ. Well, Paul said so. But for me, to me, that's not respectful enough. I will say the Lord Jesus. I wouldn't even say Jesus, you know, like praying, Jesus. I would always say Lord Jesus as best as I could. And uh, when we look here, he's called the Lord of hosts. And the angels are saying that the whole earth is filled with his glory. From one and the end of the earth unto the other. That's not happening today. Uh, the prayer in, in, in Luke is that, Father, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There is coming a time when the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the water co waters cover the sea. And when the knowledge of God, whether it covers the entire earth or it covers your life, it will bring peace and tranquility. Uh, we're not interested in it covering the whole earth right now. My main concern as a pastor is that the knowledge of God cover your life Amen. and covers my life. And that is why I live on the word of God. I live. On the word of God. I'm going to say it again. I live on the word of God. Uh, the word of God has become a part of my life. A guiding principle. Am I ready for the first resurrection? Not in a long shot. I'm so far. I was telling someone this morning. I think I was telling Pam. I said they talk about uh, three kinds of love. And here's the Greek scholar. Brother Terry Tomran. Uh, he would know that they talk of three kinds of love. The agape love, the filial love, and the eros love. You know, one is God's love, one is friendly love, and one is emotional, you know, human love. Well, <clears throat> I prefer to say I got my own version of love. And I told her this morning, I said, my love is called Desmond's love. It includes a grandfather's love. It includes a husband's love. It includes a father's love. It includes love for my neighbor. So I don't know where we're going to put that, what category. It's got more of agape, if I can use that. But it's got a lot of other kinds of love in there. Uh, because when I meet my neighbor, I, I love the neighbor. But I don't love the neighbor as much as I love my grandson. You understand what I'm saying? So my love is there. Uh, with some individuals, as long as it becomes closer to what God wants, it becomes a constant love. And so we must love the Lord our God with all our hearts. And as I 
continue with this uh, period of time we are living in. I would like the word of God to become the daily principle that guides my life. I want it to fill my life. I want, it to, I want in the morning to have the word of God uh, registering in my ears uh, and in my heart. Noontime, same thing. Evening time, same thing. And I want, I, there was something about the uh, hours that men of God prayed. And some men of God in the Bible, like Daniel, I think they prayed in the morning. And they prayed at noontime. And they prayed in the evening. I'm not that yet. But I like to come to the place where I can communicate with God more than one time in the day. And sometimes, this morning I got up and it's Father's Day so I was making pancakes for everybody. Surprise them. Nobody wants pancakes at 3.30 in the morning. But I got up and I'm starting to, to do stuff in there, you know. And I made about 20 pancakes, more than we can handle and I'm doing that, and you know while I'm doing that, there comes this sweet spirit on my soul that I appreciate God for people that has influenced my life. Not past, present, people that I think of that has reached on into my life and made a change in my life. I wrote someone this morning and said that you have made a change in my life. I'm glad that you came into my life. And you made a difference in my life from the time I met you. I never met the person. I said, from the time I heard about you and we, we got acquainted, I said, you have driven me into a deeper relationship with God. Isn't that something and someone can influence you to draw closer to God? Well, there's coming a time when the knowledge of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And when that happens... There'll be no carnivorous nature of any animal. They will not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, saith the Lord. When the word of God covers the world, peace and tranquility is, is taking over society. You would not walk over to someone and say, Know you the Lord? For they shall all know him from the least to the greatest. We don't have to wait for that day. Today is the time when you can make it a point of having the Word of God. You listen to it on a daily basis and principles on a daily basis. And I want to tell you something. This assembly was privileged to have the Word of God. Privileged to have the Word of God meant to save the elect. If you're not an elect, I can't save you. And I look ahead and I'm seeing my days are coming to an end. And I pray to God by the time my days come to an end, that some of you would be overcomers and serve God without prejudice, without indifference, without hypocrisy, that you would serve God fervently until the end. But Isaiah, these angels are saying in the kingdom, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door of the temple was moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with the glory of God. The smoke here is the glory of God. And I say when that happens. So when the presence of God comes in a service. Sin in your lives is dealt with. When someone says we got the Holy Ghost today. And we're tired because we, get our, we got our back is hurting us from dancing. That's not the spirit of God. That's the flesh. When it's lips and hips, I question it. When the presence of God comes in a sanctuary, sin is dealt with. And this man of God, when the presence of God struck him and the light of the glory of God hit him, he says, woe is me. See, the brighter the light, the, bigger, the brighter the spots in your life. And Isaiah said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, uh, which was taken from off the, with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth. And I said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, he said unto me. And thine iniquity 
Your misunderstanding of how God should be served and worship is taken away. The churches today are full of iniquity because we have devised our own method of having church. We want to pray that God, that time will come in the near future when God will give us his method and what he wants in a service and how he wants his people to serve him. Not us making the principles how we ought to serve him, but he making the principles how we ought to worship him. The temple must be measured, the altar must be measured, and them that worship therein must be measured. Isaiah was touched, and then he was able, and God says, who will I send? And he says, send me. God must prepare our hearts. Amen? Amen? I'd like to pray with us before I turn over to Brother Sam here today. Father, we give you thanks today for this time you have given us that we can come into your house. And we pray that this little message I've delivered to your people, Father, will touch our lives. May the word of God cover our hearts and our lives as it will happen in the kingdom when the knowledge of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Bless us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I'd like to <clears throat> join with Brother Singh as well and say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, not only locally, but around the world. Uh, I want to say a very special, happy, and blessed Father's Day to my spiritual father. Uh, he's a blood a brother in the flesh, but father in the faith. have a good assembly here in Mississauga and uh, I must say that we are blessed to be part of this assembly as we get back to the normal way of our church services I would imagine there would be some challenges to individuals getting used to whatever uh, this uh, would be uh, the new the new norm they, they call it some of us would not feel any 
different if we had connected strongly during the streaming services. True. There would be no difference, just come and just change the location. But uh, there would be individuals that uh, would have a little bit of struggle, and that's expected and understandable. But we would work with you through those uh, trying times and those difficult times and uh, to get back to the place where we once were or even to a better place uh, with, uh, with God. It's, this assembly is designed not as an entertainment center. It's not a theater where we sold uh, some tickets at the door and, and, and uh, individuals came on in just to watch a show or a program. This place is designed, and so is all the churches around the world that God has ordained. They are designed to bring about a change in one's life. It would be of no value, and it would be vain for someone to attend churches for, uh, for many years, and uh, they remain the same people. Uh, but uh, God is working on the lives of people <clears throat> and uh, to change them. Um, I really appreciate the lesson starting from Wednesday night that, uh, that we received and uh, coming again yesterday um, to deal with uh, fathers. And uh, my mind goes back uh, when I was growing up. Uh, I'm the last of nine siblings, and uh, uh, we had a great dad. I think my father was such a great father. He, didn't, he was not a great father that he didn't spank me. No, I never received spanking from my father. And maybe my bigger uh, uh, brothers or sisters did, but um, if I, I recall if I did something wrong and my mom would ask him to discipline me, that was the mistake that she made. Because <laughs> he would take me in the room and smack his own hand. It sounds like it's... Uh, He's disciplining me, and I'll sh scream and shout, and she thinks that this was a discipline. Well, my dad was such an awesome person, and uh, the, uh, one of the things I really recall uh, growing up in the home, we were not very wealthy. Uh, Mom never held a secular job. We were nine kids, and dad was the only uh, person that worked uh, for an income in the family. And uh, we would um, have times in which we would even share one chicken. We would remember one chicken would go for the entire family. And you get a piece or two pieces, and you're lucky. You're, you're, you're blessed. Today's kids don't even appreciate chicken. And uh, so I remember uh, growing up um, uh, when I listened to the service yesterday and to deal with the prodigal son. I could remember as a young man when dad would sit, and I, I think Brother Singh might recall this. Uh, as a young man, he left home, my dad cried. When he decided, when Brother Singh decided to go full-time in the ministry uh, and to leave home, my father cried. Literal tears. It is because the family was such a closely knitted family together and dad. You see, the, the greatest relationship in a home is not between dad and son or not between mom and daughter. The greatest relationship in the home and in the family is between dad and mom. And they are the perfect example that would be set for the children to copy and to grow up and to follow. And uh, when uh, uh, Brother Singh left the home and he went into the full-time ministry, and uh, they would have uh, uh, crusades or services on a regular basis, almost every night, if I'm not mistaken. I was just uh, a young man and did not even comprehend the depth of all of that. But my dad would sit down in front of the house and in a little platform there we call uh, the, the, the balcony or the, 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 uh, the porch. And he would not go to sleep until his son came back home. Or come home from, from the, the meetings. And uh, I recall the times in which he would be the defense for the family. 
Looking back then, I, I remember the times when uh, he would do things that were, were very humorous sometimes. And he grew up in the Anglican church uh, uh, from, a, from a different background. He was in the Anglican church. And when, uh, uh, when we became part of the Pentecostal church, I remember my dad never heard somebody talk in tongues before. And so he found out from somebody, he says, can you really please make a list and copy those things and I can, I can recite them when I, when I go so I wouldn't be like an oddball. I'll just recite those things. And this is what made my dad so special. I think he was the greatest dad in the whole wide world. And uh, came a time that uh, I lived to see my dad be part of this fellowship. I live to see that he and my mom accepted this message and was part of the fellowship. And the greatest thing that ever uh, came to my eyes was the time when, when uh, dad, we used to sing and we danced in church. And he joined the group and he danced with the group and he rejoiced with the group and he worshiped God with the group. That was one of the greatest sights and greatest blessings. And uh, when we heard the lesson yesterday that, uh, that uh, the father sat down, when that son went out and he, he, he spent all his wealth and he uh, misused his funds and he decided to come back, one of the things that really struck my mind was the fact that he did not give up on home. He did not give up on his father. Way at the back of his head, he knew that he had a father that loved him and cared for him. And I appreciate scriptures like John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, God loved this world so much that he gave his only begotten son. What a sacrifice. Well, we can think of Abraham when God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. That was a challenge for Abraham. And if Abraham knew that God would have sent an angel and, and prevent him from sacrificing Isaac, he would not have been faithful Abraham. But right to the last minute, when he was just about to sacrifice Isaac, when God spared that boy's life. But when we think about the Father, our Heavenly Father. There was no sparing of His Son. His Son had to die for the sins of the world. Yes. He had to go through the pain, the agony, and the suffering uh, for the sins of the world. That's our Heavenly Father. And to know the, to the fact that, that here we are today and we sing that song, I think it might have been yesterday, a heavenly Father, I appreciate thee. And sometimes a song could be so, we can be so familiar with the song, and one of the reasons why we flash it up only for a few minutes and then we take it off is because we memorize the word and then we start to get into that song. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. There's absolutely no way I can sing it to the Father by, and do something else and be busy taking notes or, or uh, my attention is moved from the song to something else because I remember the song, I'll sing it. But when I say, sang that song, even when I'm at home, I closed everything away, just closed off everything. And I'm talking to the Father now. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. You see, for too long, religion and religious world, the religious world has made a muck of God. And it's a, it, it, it's, a, it's a world that we live in when people say, praise God, it was, it's without any meaning or sincerity. True. We heard about a few weeks ago about fake worship. And it could be a fake appreciation. Have you ever gone into your workplace or even in the elevator when somebody meets you tomorrow and says, good morning? And they go by. Do they really mean a good morning? Or it's just a filler word. Something just, uh, something that, uh, uh, just a normal thing to say, a greeting or whatever without any significance or any meaning. 
But I can adapt that very attitude coming to church. I can sing a song, the whole worship. You see, the worship is designed to help us to be prepared for the message or the lesson. And I can sing a song without the meaning thereof. And I could, I can even say, I can lift my hands and my mind is not even on the song. Heavenly Father, I appreciate you. But there's a difference. When you and I put everything out and block everything out of our minds and begin to focus on the Father. When you think of all His goodness and His mercy and His grace and what He has done for humanity, and not only the world, I'm not talking about the world, no, I'm talking about me. When God so loved me that He gave His only begotten Son, that if I believe in Him, I should not perish, but I have everlasting life, there is much appreciation in my heart for Him. I'll say, Heavenly Father, I appreciate You. And uh, to understand that there is not only uh, our natural fathers. You know, we had, we had principles in the home. We had laws, I should say, to, that govern our home. But wouldn't it be a sad thing to know that dad had set principles in the home, and if I was a rebellious son that followed the principle of my neighbors, uh, the, the, their principle rather than my dad's principles? That would be a sad, sad time for the home. And that's one of the reasons why there are homes that are broken and destroyed. And if, uh, if uh, see, you see, a, a, a good son would bring gladness to his father. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, a rebellious son would, would bring shame. And when the scripture says in, in uh, Exodus, I think it was, the 20th chapter, when it says, uh, honor thy father and thy mother. Yeah. See, honoring is different, than, it's, it's different than obeying. But honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That was the first commandment with promise. And if I want to live long and see good days and have a long life and good health, what I need to do is honor the source of my life. And I believe the, reasons, the reason why some of us are still here today and we're still alive is because we maintain that commandment that the Lord said, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And uh, sometimes it might not even be uh, a, a natural father. Paul said, uh, he, I think Paul, uh, 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 Job made a statement. He says, I have become a father to the poor. It's wonderful that, uh, that to see we don't have children of our own. But it's ever so often I'll receive a phone call. And uh, we'll have a, maybe a card or a text message or a little email in appreciation for what we have done. It's an encouragement. It's a blessing. Yes. Uh, uh, Paul made a statement, might have been in Galatians, when he says, As we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. But special emphasis was placed on especially... Those of the household of God. You see, there's a special appreciation for the ministry that God has blessed us with. Our natural fathers, they're great and wonderful. But there's a work that has been done by the ministry that is so significant in our lives that would be able to help us to inherit the promises that God has made for us. For us to be in the kingdom. And you see, that this is where the ministry comes in. That we have to have special honor and special respect for those of the household of faith. And uh, sometimes we take for granted. And this uh, COVID-19 has been a blessing to some and has been destruction to many. I believe that this is our source of life that God has blessed us with. 
There's absolutely no way out there that I would listen to anything else and be edified. Might be entertained. (laughs) But there's absolutely, there's nothing out there because over the years what God has blessed us with in this congregation and in this fellowship, God has blessed us with something that has brought about a change in our lives and has turned around and made a new destiny for us. And to give this up, it would be a sad thing. You see, that boy that came home to his dad after spending all his money and everything else, and he came home to his dad, the beautiful part about this whole thing was dad was waiting for him to come. The scripture says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And some of us may have gone through the situation or some some circumstances that we felt that we have done so much wrong that there's absolutely no forgiveness or no turning around. Well, I'm here to tell you, we've got a heavenly father. Yes, we do. That is able to take that life that has been wrecked by sin to make a life complete. The song says, it's just like my Lord. To give a peace so sweet is just like my Lord. To take a man or a woman that's wrecked by sin. And we're human beings and we'll be human beings until we go down to the grave. And we'll fall, we'll slip and we'll fall and we'll do things that are wrong. We'll sin. But if we can rise up and remember that we have a father. If we can remember, we have a church. We have a place where we have experienced God's mercy and His goodness and His love at one time. And He has not given up on us. We can return again and He would be with outstretched arms. To make a life complete is just like my Lord. To give a peace so sweet is just like my Lord. He'll take a life that's wrecked by sin. Took those pieces that are broken and shattered and scattered. He'll put those pieces back together again. And he'll make you whole again. That is my Lord that we have. We are so blessed. We're not privileged. We're not fortunate. We are blessed to have a place like this. And that is why every time I come to this place, this is a holy place that we have here. And we are standing on holy ground. And Paul made a statement, and I I looked at this this morning, and it it brought new light to my mind. Here in Galatians, the fifth chapter, I'm going to be closing with this. But here in Galatians, the fifth chapter, Paul made a beautiful statement here. Uh, Might have been the fourth chapter of Galatians, part me, in, in Galatians, the fourth chapter. He said here in, uh, in Galatians 4, he says, uh, You know, in verse 13, you know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. There were so many individuals that received the messages from Paul the Apostle. But there was just a handful that accepted him. It's one thing to receive the message. It's another thing to receive the messenger. And Paul says, he says here in verse 14, And my temptation which was in the flesh, you despise not, nor reject it, but receive me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. There are individuals that would receive our ministry as sent of God. On The only reason why that is possible is because God has reached down and touched the understanding of those minds and those eyes. And the same individual has been rejected or will be rejected by so many other individuals. And Paul said here, he says, when, where then is the blessedness you speak of? For I bear, you, I bear you record that if it was possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them unto me. Because strongly believed that he had a problem with his eyesight. But there were saints of God so committed and dedicated and devoted 
to their leader, to their pastor, that they would have made that sacrifice physically, physically uh, so that they can continue to hear the messages and receive the message and the instructions from God's word. They wanted to protect their leader. He says, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Sometimes we just want to have our ears tickled. And then human, human beings, we all have that same nature. The truth, they say, hurts. But in actual fact, the truth helps. Yes. And so he says, uh, because, I might become your enemy because I tell you the truth. They zealously affect you, but not well. You see, too many individuals being exposed to truth have gone back. To the evils of this world. It's like what is it Peter that says, like a dog returned to its vomit and a pig to the wallowing. When the scripture says, uh, it says, uh, 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 we desire the sincere milk of the word of God. But we just can't live on milk alone. He says, uh, strong meat. Belonging to those that are of full age. There come a, it comes a time in our life that we have to not only have the milk, but we need strong meat. And this is where we have been receiving the strong meat. Yes, hot, hot dogs and hamburgers are good, but they're not healthy. And a lot of Christians today would prefer fast food than healthy food. And I believe the truth of God's word is classified as healthy food. It brings about a change in my lifestyle, my mind, my soul, my spirit. I begin to think differently. But individuals, they prefer the fast food joint. This is not a fast food joint. This is a place where the spirits of just men are being made perfect. This is where the lives of God's people are dealt with intensely. And he says here, Paul went on and says, but uh, verse 18, but it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when I'm present with you, he says, my little children. This is the verse that really struck me today. He says, my little children. Paul was their father in the faith. They were his children. He says, my little children, whom I travail in birth until Christ. Be formed in you. I thought only mom travailed in birth. <laughs> but what, he's what he meant here or what he wants to explain is the same struggle and the pain and the agony that a woman would go through in childbirth. Paul was saying, he says, I have gone through that pain. And suffering just to get you be saved and have Christ, the image of Christ, be formed in an individual. So they begin to think like Jesus. So they begin to have his ways, his spirit, his attitude, his behavior. It was not for Paul's benefit. He didn't say so that I would be formed in you. But the, the intent was that Christ would be formed in you. Too many evangelists and television preachers today want themselves to be formed in individuals. It's like a production line. They're making little preachers out of themselves and out of the congregation. But this was a man of God. He, he suffered. <laughs> His intention was to make sure that everyone that he preached to and he labored with had a reward in the end. It was not a waste of time. But they could enjoy God's kingdom. And become just like Jesus. No wonder John said. He says the greater. It's, it's a, I greatly rejoice. He says I greatly rejoice. To see my children. Walk in truth. One of the joys. That a preacher would have. But a true man of God. Not every preacher. But a true man of God, one of the joys and the, and the happiness that he would have 
It's not if you give him a brand new car or, or something materialistic things in this world. But a true man of God, a true minister of God would rejoice in his heart. And you want to see him rejoice and be happy? Is when a child of God begin to implement the lessons and begin to take into consideration the things that are being given and taught. And he could see a significant change in their lifestyle. They begin to think different. They begin to speak different. They begin to listen different. They begin to talk different. They begin to walk different. Their life would be living epistles that could be read of men, seen and read of men. When a person look at you and they begin to read your epistle, what are they reading? They're reading carnal things and natural things. Are they seeing Christ being manifested? I believe over the years this assembly and this fellowship has changed my life. I was very aggressive at one time. I remember one time we were coming from, we were in College Street and we were coming on the highway. And I had a sister in the car, a sister from the church in the car. And we were going up Highway 427, going back to the apartment. And uh, she, she began to talk bad about one of the brothers. And I said, what are you saying? And she repeated it. Very negative statement. And I was so green then. I pulled the car over the side of the curb. And I said, either shut up or get out. And before I even got home, Brother Singh received a phone call. And he did not pamper her either. He said, you were lucky he gave you a choice. <laughs> <laughs> But over the years, God has really mellowed our lives and changed us. No wonder Paul said, he says, uh, he says, how with gracious words. The scripture says in gracious words. The Lord Jesus spoke with gracious words. Let your speech be always with grace. Season with salt. And yet we don't compromise the integrity of your salvation. No, we won't compromise with sin. We don't permit sin. But when we see sin, we'll deal with sin the way sin needs to be dealt with. But when it's all over, think about it. When it's all over, there is a kingdom to be established. And there is a reward for every child of God. Look at the end result. Not on the present condition and the suffering we're going through. Like we heard here today, sorrow may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. There will be no more wars nor fighting. My God, there will be a time when we'll rejoice and thank God for the years we've spent in church. Don't give this up for anything. Let's remain in the church. Let the potter continue its work, his work and our clay. Taking out the things that are not needed. And mold us into an honorable vessel. This is a blessed place. You and I are blessed to be here today. We thank God for this time. And we thank God for every father. Thank God for a heavenly father. We thank God for a spiritual father. And you know what also? We're glad we're not having the same father like the Pharisee had, had in, in John the 8th chapter. When Jesus says, he says, uh, he says uh, your fathers rejoiced to see my day. And they saw it and was glad. And he says, you're not even 50 years old. How, how, how have you seen? He says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and it was glad. And they told him that he had a devil. Jesus turned around and says, you are of your father, the devil. They had a different father from God the Father. But today we are glad that we have a heavenly father who listens to every one of us. We can sing the song without any fear or hesitation. We can say, heavenly father. I appreciate you. We can join together with the elders and the, uh, the, the, uh, the seraphims and say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We are such a blessed people today. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for this wonderful time spent in church. Oh God, we thank you that you are our Father and you've made us your children. There are times in which, Father, we go astray and we'll listen to things that you would not even want us to listen to. But we're so glad you never give up on us. We can return to you with uh, receive your forgiveness and your arms stretched 
to receive us back into your fold. And today we pray, God, that you'll let your mercy overshadow us. Every one of us, we thank you for the fathers of this world that has dedicated their lives, oh God, into serving you and to have fellowship in churches around the world. Oh God, we pray that you'll continue to strengthen and bless them. Bless this congregation. Bless our services, we pray. Give us the direction that we need and the guidance we need, Father. We pray and ask it in Jesus' blessed name. We thank you, Lord. Amen and amen.